Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to Digital Government podcast. Bring to you by Estonian eGovernance Academy. My name is Hannes Astok. I'm a director in eGovernance Academy. And I'm very happy to host uh, today in our podcast Mr. Raul Rick, who is National Cybersecurity Policy Director in Estonian Government CIO Office. Very long title, but probably you will explain uh, us it a bit later. Raul has been working for long years also for eGovernance Academy as a first. Program Director for for Cybersecurity, and, and I'm very happy now you are promoted to this position in Estonian government. So, Raul, if we start to discuss about cybersecurity, how, how you describe what is actually cybersecurity? Because we, we hear every every day that there is cyber attack, there is this one, there is this one. So, is it the government who is protecting us against it and we are still alive, or how it works? Yeah, hello, Hannes, from my side as well, and uh, all listeners, uh, hello. Uh, yes, the question is very interesting, uh, uh, actually, that uh, who provides the security or cybersecurity for the for the citizens and businesses and everybody? Uh, I think that, uh, first of all, when you ask that what is cybersecurity, then we can uh, provide very long uh, definition why what cybersecurity is, but very shortly, it is the protection of data that we have and also the information systems that we use uh, in order to manage data. So if we protect these two aspects, then we could say that uh, most of the cybersecurity aspects are covered. And who is the security provider? I think that um, everybody has a role in this game. First of all, uh, I, as a single citizen or person, I have to take care of the very basics that we call cyber hygiene. Uh, also, if uh, if you work in an organization or in a business, at the business level or organizational level, there has to be some measures in order to protect the information systems and data. But also there are some aspects that only government can do. Ensure the national cybersecurity, all these capabilities that only government can have, uh, but also fighting against cybercrime. That's the... Uh, responsibility of the government. So everybody has a role there. And so there is no magic bullet that solves all cybersecurity issues, but it's a system, very complicated, same complication as uh, ICT systems have, and the challenge is usually that how to manage all that. Yeah, I agree with you. But but let's start a little bit what citizen can do. What, what is my daily business? How I can protect myself? Because it's like an invisible enemy, because mm-hmm. I can imagine that physical enemy if, if there is a bad guy walking walking um, at the same side of the street i just jump to the next next side of the street and maybe call police but mm-hmm. this this cyber enemy is so invisible so i even don't know what to do how mm-hmm. to start i think that there are it's just like uh, like with the uh, normal medical threats we have uh, all have this experience with COVID-19 we know that if something like that happens it doesn't matter what you do at the personal level maybe now you can wear the masks you can prevent something but if uh, somebody deliberately wants to infect you then there is the possibility in cyber world the case is the same 
that at the personal level, I would say that uh, a single person cannot do much. If you are aware of certain threats, then don't go to the websites that you know that could be infected with viruses or, or other malware. But usually you don't even know that because the whole internet experience is based on clicking different links, going to the sites, um, looking for information. So you don't know how the bad guys could affect you. So uh, at the personal level, I would say that you have to be aware, but you don't have many measures how to protect yourself. Okay, maybe maybe not just opening suspicious emails and, and this kind of things. And but not there's the question, what is suspicious email? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, how do you define that? Okay, if, if I see that there is like someone is saying that uh, if you're clicking here, you will get $20 million, so most probably it's not a good idea to click it. Okay, yeah, that's, that's okay. true. But uh, but what government can do? What is what is the role of a government in this big game? Because in physical security, we can imagine that government provides us police forces, they provide us firefighters, they provide us army. What is making life pretty, pretty secure? Mm. But now in, in digital, how, how you help us as a citizen? The Estonian government provides the electronic identification measure. So the ID card or mobile ID, I would say that uh, that's the first... Uh, uh, first layer uh, defense system that uh, if if uh, countries uh, don't have that, I really don't know how they can protect themselves. So Even you mean that also that, but by having digital identity and digital signature, so I can be sure that this digital signature what I'm getting from another Estonian is a real one, not just a kind of scanned copy what you can put on PDF and we can falsificate it in in three minutes. So so basically this is like a third layer, first layer what the government could provide. Exactly. And uh, you are very right that when we talk about digital identities, then there are many different ways to do that. But Estonia and now also European Union as a whole has done it, uh, I would say, the right way. So there is the, uh, I hope that the listeners still listen after that term, but it's the public key infrastructure behind that. So it's the <laughs> encryption system that actually works uh, uh, for identification. So this should be implemented. So basically the government should implement the system that ensures the identity in the digital world. So basically government provides trusted identity for every citizen. Exactly. And that's the government service that government ensures that. So the digital identity is issued as a passport, same way. So the government gives the guarantee that it's trustworthy system. And now, of course, the question is that some countries or some citizens might not trust the government. So there is a big dilemma that how to solve And there the, is a reason usually. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. In United States, for example, that... Uh, it's, by default, the citizens don't uh, trust maybe so much the government as we used to have it in Europe. So, yeah, but but uh, but this is this is like one layer, like digital identity, and I very much agree with you that this is very important. And we usually even don't think that this is part of a cybersecurity that is provided by government for us. But let's say. But like what what we usually consider as a cyber treats that whatever cyber attacks, stealing identity, stealing data. Crashing information systems, you know, turning lights off, basically, shooting down businesses, hospitals. Is it like what the government can do here? Is it is it something they can do directly or even indirectly? Yeah, in these cases, of course, there are many different uh, types of cyber attacks, and uh, some of them, for for some, uh, in some cases, government could provide defensive measures, just like this ID card or digital ID. 
Uh, government uh, should also have a very good capability uh, to fight against cyber crime. So if there is a case, government can provide the support in order to solve this. But of course, there are many cases like ransomware. Somebody comes and encrypts your data, you cannot have access to that. Uh, government cannot do much there. So the organi- at the organizational level, the backups and, and uh, the whole system, how information is managed, should be well, o- well organized. So it's like business uh, by business, entity by entity, exactly. government agency by government agency. Exactly. And usually uh, for good organizations, they take uh, the information security standards that are available everywhere and they just simply should impl- implement it. So basically what we can say that government can advise, can support also with the standards and regulations maybe, and also even probably push the critical infrastructure uh, businesses like whatever power stations, uh, even supermarkets or or any other or gasoline stations. We are actually very much dependent on them and they are very digital actually. So so we can push them to use more digital measures uh, and, and advise them also and assist them to be more protected. Uh, yes, uh, certainly. But there are, of course, certain limitations sure. that the government, uh, because the subject matter experts in the energy sector or aviation sector or whatever sector, they, they know the best usually how uh, what is the way to ensure cybersecurity. But I think that the, the good governments can take as much burden as possible away from the citizens and businesses. Uh, just like, again, I think they are... Digital identification is a good example. If uh, government doesn't organize that, then uh, the businesses and citizens must find another way in order to ensure their identity in in the internet. But if government takes this burden away, organizes this at the state level, then everybody can benefit from that. Yeah, and I think in this case, Estonian sample is very good because we are using the same digital identity that is provided by the government when we are using online banking, when we we sign contracts between businesses, between people. The same infrastructure is available and valid everywhere. And it's, I think, really huge burden what... otherwise could be for the businesses banks to to buy private digital certificates to implement whatever signing solutions but the really strong ones not not just pdf scanned um, scanned uh, signatures exactly but but tell me like my usual let's say if i'm putting myself in the role of a usual citizen so i think that there is a a tube a, a cable Mm. is coming into the country mm. and this brings me internet there are probably several of them mm. so is it possible that you putting a strong equipment whatever black box next to this cable and then taking out everything what is bad yeah that's uh, that's very hard to define what is uh, if or not the zeros and and uh, and dots are like uh, bad or good, so okay. it's. I don't think it's possible. It's in certain extent it is, but uh, uh, not fully. And then, and those cables are finally owned by the private telecom companies. So, Usually so they are. probably they are providing also some sort of uh, security and protection for us as the users. Uh, yes, and also the the attacks that happen uh, doesn't happen in at this layer that you can define them. Um, in the cable, so it's it's related to the information systems and uh, and also some of, some of the uh, 
like ways how the bad guys do harm is not even related to the um, the data or this that you can just for example that we know all that very popular uh, like attack is to fake uh, wrong information to the business leader. So they can sign or, or approve certain payments and they don't know where it comes from. Mm. So this kind of uh, like uh, frauds you cannot avoid with controlling the uh, zeros and ones in the cable. But uh, there should be some kind of measure how to ensure that uh, the information is right. So it's very complicated. Sure, sure, no doubt. But but tell me, Raul, you are working in the position of National Cybersecurity Policy Director in the government CIO office. What is fulfilling your days? Uh, at the moment, what is your actual role? Yeah. So, so we, so the, the the main my main responsibility is ensure the cybersecurity in the country. So it means that all cybersecurity related matters are on my table, and uh, at the moment uh, some uh, topics are more pressing. Some are not so much. At the moment, certainly, the trustworthiness of the technology providers is probably the most important topic. And it comes usually in a relation with 5G security, how to ensure the telecommunication equipment security. But the problem is larger. The equipment and the hardware and software has become so complex that nobody can actually control what they do. So if you buy them, they are produced in different countries by thousands of different technology providers put together, then we start to use them. And we don't know what they actually do. And now the question is how we can ensure the security of this kind of equipment. We use computers, we use servers, we use other uh, equipments. Network equipment. Network equipment. And how do we know that they are secure enough? Is there any good answer for it? Uh, there is no good answer. The only answer is that uh, these days we cannot anymore do the technical inspections. Now we have to start to uh, estimate and assess the trustworthiness of technology suppliers. So we can say that, okay, Ericsson, we trust uh, some Microsoft, others. we trust some others we don't trust. And this also applies in when we talk about cloud computing. It's a very, very big area, not very well regulated so what is called cloud computing, basically? It's it's the way that I keep my data in somebody else's computer. Somewhere. 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 And yeah. now the question is, can I trust the other party? And uh, Both ha- technology-wise and also like Process-wise. Yeah. Yeah. The whole like uh, management-wise, that if they have good technology, if, if they do processes right, and whether or not... Uh, or is there a possibility that... Uh, service providers takes my data and gives it to somebody else. Yeah, and it could be like a business, it could be criminals, it put, could be other government. Exactly. So I don't have the control. and But at the same time, there is a strong pressure that, to use uh, cloud services because they are usually less expensive, but they are only less expensive if the security is not important there. But if you are a business owner... Uh, you have to keep your business uh, confidential information. If you are government, you have to keep your uh, internal use information. So immediately you face many uh, 
difficulties that how to ensure security in this case. So these are the problems that fill my days at the moment. <laughs> yeah, probably not only days, but also nights. So in your dreams, you probably see also ones and ones and zeros floating, floating here and there. Yeah. So, so to conclude this this great discussion, what we have had. So, so what do you think? What are the next challenges in cybersecurity? It's it's probably every day is like new a little bit. But, but what what about we should start to think as a as a governments, as a businesses, as a citizens? I think there are probably very broadly two challenges. One is that how to handle the complexity. The systems are getting more and more complex, and uh, we have to have the knowledge in the country in order to deal with them. Uh, secondly, uh, I think that uh, to uh, analyze all new risks that are related to new technologies, like this, the same cloud computing, we have to be aware what risks are there and how to manage them. Artificial intelligence, the same case. Uh, crypto system quantum computing. So there are many, many different aspects that come in our lives step by step. We don't even notice that. Suddenly, our processes, our governance depends on these systems, and we are not even aware of the risks related to that. The challenge is to get the whole picture on the table and understand that what is what are the risks and what are the reasonable ways to manage them, not putting too much money to, this, to protection systems. And at the same time, there is another opportunity to just switch off everything and go back to the paper system. Yeah, then you are <laughs> totally cyber secure, but you don't have any information systems in the country. And you don't probably do not. You have just some data, but not any more information available. Yeah. yeah, it's it's probably very challenging times, but it will continue. It's it's probably never ending because ICT and all those technologies, what you mentioned, already almost here and and. And next ones are coming, so so it's just a question how we how we deal with them and how we understand them and how we accept them and what kind of rules we are setting as a humans. Mm-hmm. Exactly, that how to basically the government the government's role is always regulate the area, and the challenge is also that to to make reasonable regulations that we don't choke up the information technology development, but at the same time, uh, everybody wants to have secure services, so. The balance, that that's the challenge. Yeah, it's always the balance mm. about the, how secure it is or how comfortable it is at the same time. And, mm. and probably there is no no way back to the, to the paper system. This is, at least in Estonia, what probably never happened. But, Let's hope so. But never say <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much, Raul Rick, National Cybersecurity Policy Director in Government CIO Office in Estonia. Thank you very much for this great discussion and, and I wish you good luck. Thank you from my side as well. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.